constipated or trying to push one out or like a little about something like no i just think his energy level is like i don't know like this morning he got onto my uh bed and he was meowing at me really loud i was like what is your deal you hungry fine okay let's make this happen put his wet food down and i was like going about making coffee and i sat and then he came up and cuddled with me and i was like oh you you're you've been fed now you'll cuddle with me and then he got up to go eat and i realized he hadn't touched his food he just wanted to cuddle Oh, look at him go. Oh, my God. Look at that little butthole. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Uh, welcome oh. to Sauce and Austin, a pod later drunk cast podcast. Uh, I hit the button at some point shortly before Julie started talking about whether or not Jasper needed to squeeze one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question I was going to ask, I said, like, hey, before I hit the button, I have a question. Um, but I'm just going to make it part of the thing now. So, so now I'm... I'm taking the choice away from you, Janine. And if it is uh, uh, wrong, then we'll just lose the content about the cat squeezing out the turd, which will be too bad, but it'll be fine. Um, are we still sauced in Austin? We've got, ooh, nice. We've got uh, a couple of episodes left that haven't hit Libsyn yet. Two episodes to go up on Libsyn. Yeah. So this one won't be on Libsyn for three weeks. I think we're sick burn now. Then welcome to Sick Burn Jane, a Podlander Drunk Cast podcast, formerly known as Austin Austin, but we will always be Austin Austin in our hearts. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi. Y'all, we hemmed and hawed over new and different title so many times. For a while, it was Men and Pawns. Don't worry, it'll still be on a t-shirt. For a while, we were talking about Way Harsh Jane. That was Way Harsh Jane. Um, but then we were worried that might sound too much like a clueless podcast rather than an Austin adaptation podcast. And then we settled on just leaning, in, leaning into what we do, which is saying stupid shit over and over and over again until people decide it's funny. So, sick burn, Jane! <laughs> That's a really sick burn! This is a sick, it's a sick burn, Jane. But it also has a little bit of anchor in reality because of all her letters that got burned because she was so harsh, Jane. Yes. So, so sick burn, Jane, like harsh, works. Jane. Yeah. 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 I think so this she is... was so harsh that it was a sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> this is growth for us. We've made a decision on a creative title and like it's fucking on brand. Fuck yeah, I'm excited And about very it. much in the spirit of things, rather than choosing a day that we are officially transitioning, I just said it. We just, just didn't. It's Who happening. cares? It's happening now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just get used to it, and at some point find Sick Burn Jane on Spotify. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Soon. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's happening because we'll give you a really long lead on this, but basically eventually we're going to split things off so that the people who want to listen to our hot Outlander content, uh, but don't give a fuck about Jane Austen. We'll be able to just chill on this feed and whatever your favorite podcast provider is and not um, have to go, oh, man, another Emma. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We, I, I can see that being a real thing, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there are some beloved friends of the show who uh, are just not listening at all. Yeah. <laughs> So that's fine. That's totally fine. That's fine. It's I mean, two different things. You're we disloyal cunts, but it's fine. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. We JK. had to pivot during the pandemic because there was no Outlander. So I I know why we did it, but I also understand the necessity of splitting it off. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. it's this is maybe tentatively sort of a first step in figuring out like what is the 
Julie and Allison and Janine show. Um, is it a lot of different shows? Maybe. Uh, anyway, that's that's Podlander, and this is Podlander presents Sick Burn Jane. <laughs> We're growing. I love it. We're gro- growth. It's yeah. that Natasha Rothwell insecure gif. Yeah. Growth. Um, <laughs> Jasper is he? He's is he hiding now directly it, behind he's you? He's just chilling. Just, just right behind me. He's such a handsome boy. He I, is. I threw out all my toys to like get him to do stuff. So now I got. Now he's just there. If I move, he'll go. And then dart off. Speaking of very handsome boys who have outsized emotional reactions, but somehow remain strangely neutral, we're talking today about Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. That was Um, a great transition. Nice segue. I did just compare your cat to Matthew McFadden, so you're welcome. Um, Fucking cheers to that. I'm stoked about this because this is, as you may know, the beginning of a little bit long series of, we don't know how many yet, of episodes about uh, the other big PP. And there are lots of PPs, but if you if you were going to pick two, if there were two definitive PPs, they are AEBBC Nemesis PP. And the one that we're just calling Kira. Um, <laughs> And Kira. So uh, to, this marks the beginning of our journey with Kira. And an interesting thing in this situation is that I've seen it, and Janine has seen it, mm-hmm. but Julie has not seen it. Nope. So in the spirit of Julie's actual favorite podcast. <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> of Julie's favorite child. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do like a light Maria solved adjacent style situation. Like when we asked Janine to describe Pride and Prejudice to us. But in this case, Julie's not going to describe Pride and Prejudice the story to us because we already know the story. Maybe she'll dip into some variations on the plot. I don't know. Uh, but but we've got some questions that we're going to ask her to get her to give us a picture of what this movie that everybody in the world except for her has seen um, might be like. Uh, Julie, do you, do you want to tell the folks while, while we have their attention about Maria Solved? Oh, sure. Uh, for those of you who've never checked it out, a couple of years ago, I started a kind of just side hobby podcast called Maria Solved. And on that one, we find people who have never seen famous movies and we make them tell us what they think the movie is as if they're an expert in the movie. And it's the results are hilarious. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it anywhere. Just Maria Solved. From how do you solve a problem like Maria, a movie? That's how it all started, yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil, to this day, has never seen The Sound of Music. And we consider that a problem like Maria that needed to be solved. <laughs> it's, it's a really good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, without further ado, yeah. Julie. Yeah. Tell us about your very fond memories of Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. I've got questions, but I just want to know where you want to start. Okay. Well, I mean, as you said, it's clear I know the plot of the actual source material. So I've decided to just go in a completely different direction. Okay. Based on my emotional response and, like, what the movie stills of Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice I've seen make me think of. Okay. So uh, do you just want me to talk about... Let's start with this. Yeah. Um, we know that Kira is in the cast. Yeah. Um, how do you solve a problem like the world's inexplicable 
hatred toward Keira Knightley, a very fine actress who happens to just look a little bit like Natalie Portman. It's the th- it's the thing. It's the same thing that happened to Anne Hathaway. Yes, and people hate women. Cameron That's Diaz, it. yeah, misogyny. Yeah. Um, we will be doing a whole episode about that uh, because. It's bullshit. Hashtag protect Karen Knightley. She she didn't do anything to anybody except for look really hot in a couple of movies. She didn't do anything wrong except be good enough at her job to have people pay her to do it. Yes. So fuck off. And I'm sorry, (laughs) if you've never seen Atonement, have you really lived? I'm not sure. That movie is very good. It is extremely hot. Yeah. Isn't that the one with the hot sex scene in the library? In the library, yes. in the green dress, yes. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. the like exchanges via letters and yep. stuff. Oh. Hot <laughs> shit. Hot shit. Uh, besides my friend and yours, Keira Knightley, um, who else is in this movie? Tell me first about the Bennett parents. Who plays our Bennett parents? Uh, and if you the, really know, please tell me. But if you no. don't... I have absolutely no idea. The only two people that I know for certain are in this movie are... Kira Knightley as Lizzie Bennett and Matthew McFadden as Darcy. That is yes, it. That's correct. Uh, let's go ahead and cast my hook into the pond <laughs> on point yeah. about uh, who are the Bennett family. So I yes. need a Mrs. Bennett, a Mr. Bennett, a Jane, a Mary, a Lydia. I don't really need a kitty. It's been proven. You do <laughs> actually need a kitty. In this oh, adaptation, that's right. you do need a kitty. That's right. You told me I was going to be surprised about the use of Kitty in this one. Okay, cool. About the casting of Kitty. Not so much the use. The casting. Mm, Kitty Erasure continues. Kitty no, erasure. no, not in this one. Joe Wright. There's no, he does not fuck around with Kitty Bennett. Kitty Bennett gets her due. All right, excellent. That's, that's good to me. That's a clue. So if we're going back to the mid-90s, which is when this one came out, right? Or 2000s? <laughs> 2000s. 2000s. No, it's definitely the mid nineties. Yeah, Karen Knightley was like seven years old. No, you're mid-90s, right. You're right. Mid nineties. Mid nineties. The other tent pole came <laughs> out in the mid nineties. Seventy six. It was right after the professional. That's when well, this came out. If I'm gonna do it like Maria <laughs> Solve, <laughs> that's Natalie Portman. I know. That's why I said that. Oh, good, good. <laughs> okay, Janine is killing it. Sorry. Go ahead. If I'm Janine. gonna do it like Maria Solved, I can call any decade. It doesn't matter. Great. I know. So uh, let's see, Mister. Pardon me, Mister Bennett. Is played by J.K. Simmons. Great. I think that's a solid choice. You guys yeah. kind of a wry, quiet delivery. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Bennett is played by Annette Benning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she will marry this doctor today. She yes. will marry this doctor today. <laughs> In her chef. Uh, Jane Bennett is played by, I don't know. Some actress from the 2000s. Uh, Kira Knightley's already taken. She's Lizzie. So let's go with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Great. Alicia mm. Silverstone as Jane. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's, it's a really, it's one of her best performances. Alicia yeah. Silverstone as Jane. Kira Knightley as Lizzie. Mary. Janine Garofalo. I know that that's the wrong age, <laughs> but it's the right vibe. Um... <laughs> The, my soul just left my body. <laughs> the su- uh, sultry tones of Janine Garofalo. Lydia <laughs> has to be a uh, little firecracker. So if this was the mid-2000s, I'm going to go with, like, baby, baby Florence Pugh. Like, maybe she's 12. But Florence Pugh reads as, like, maybe 16 when she was 12. So Florence Pugh is our Lydia. And then mm, Kitty. I don't know. 
Who's someone fun from the 90s? <laughs> the Thousands, the, 2000s, whenever. I, this, this is such a, I love the It's a lot of, of casting. <laughs> the Bennett family is difficult. It's a lot of casting. There's a yeah. lot of women in it. Yeah. And, I mean, based on general casting calls and shit, you know there's only two viable women in Hollywood at a time, so where do you get the other six? Um, I don't know, Kitty. I don't know. Kitty is... I wish I had somebody's name that was Kitty. I wish I remembered the name of the woman that played Kitty on that 70s show, because that would be fucking hilarious, because she's like 80 <laughs> years old now. Uh, I don't know her name either, but that's. Oh my God, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis is kidding. There we go. Yeah, there you go. That is exactly who it is. Okay, so we've got our Bandit family cast. Yeah. What's the next question? Um, Tell me about this version of Netherfield. What's it look like? What's the vibe? Based on the stills that I've seen and my. Sorry. I'm sorry, my general expertise. Not Uh, Netherfield. Longborn. Longborn. I have jumped ahead. Longborn. Correct. Um, um, my feeling is that in general, this movie is in order to make it feel more quote unquote modern, they made it a little more quote unquote emo. (laughs) So I'm going to say that the color palette, generally speaking, is much more muted than the A&E, BBC, P&P, Nemesis. So grays, blues, browns, there's rain. It feels a little bit more Wuthering Heights in my mind. So, yeah, it looks like that. It's like it is today outside in Chicago. Kind of chilly, but not really, and just gray. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about our visitors to town now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about the, the Bingley family. Ah, uh, yes. We've got the hot young money coming into town. And we've got Mr. Bingley, who is uh, going to take Netherfield Hall at last. And he is played by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and then um, his sister, yeah. Caroline Bingley, who's kind of a grasper and climber uh, and is not really excited about this possible move to the country, uh, is played by... Mm, I once again I don't know. There were only three viable women in Hollywood. Uh in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, in the sixties. Yeah. Uh oh, good. She's played by Twiggy. <laughs> great, great. Um and what about our, our sort of other new arrival in town, Mr. Wickham? Ooh, Mr. Wickham. He's kind of uh mysterious but hot but not really mysterious because he wants to tell you everything so he is played by sam rockwell okay so just to clarify our love interests in this story if we if we exclude kira and matthew Mm -hmm. are alicia silverstone with justin timberlake yeah and florence Pugh. With, with who the fuck did you just say? Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. He was a he was a force in this movie. I gotta tell you. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. It was really weird. It was like he was riding into Netherfield, and as he rode in, there were three billboards behind him, and it says <laughs> Netherfield Park still empty. How come, Chief Willoughby? <laughs> that was a three billboards outside Ebbing's Missouri joke. Um, I'm trying to make it 2000. Nope, I don't ever want it to be 2017 again by science nor magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Patty. So, um, what about our our uh, 
are ongoing residents of the of Meryton and its surrounding environs. Uh, Miss Charlotte Lucas. Who who's our Miss Charlotte Lucas? God damn it! I should have just fucking come up with a. I should have put written all the names of all the actresses from the last 40 years and put them in a hat so I could just fucking draw them right now. It's like that episode of Billy on the Street. Yeah. For $50, name a woman. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's how it feels. Um, so Charlotte Lucas, if, if Kira Knightley is our Lizzie, we need somebody who is like, could be their best friend. Scarlett Johansson. Let's make Charlotte Lucas hot. Yeah. Yeah. A woman mm-hmm. after my own heart. Yeah. Uh, great. Okay. Um, I think that, that we can, for now, we can leave it there. Because, yeah. you know, our first act is, is all of our Netherfield and Longbourn and Meryton shenanigans. Um, so, so in this first act, there are a couple of really famous scenes. Uh, and Joe Wright makes some very interesting choices with these scenes. So let's start with um, uh, the the dance, the big ball at mm-hmm. Netherfield. Mm-hmm. The, the so the big one, the the one where they actually dance and where the whole family makes a big spectacle of themselves. Okay, um, wh- I can't quite remember what is the big artistic choice that Joe Wright makes in that scene that makes it so memorable. He uses modern music. Great. I can't remember what song it is. Do you? Yeah. Uh, the song that they dance to is um, Let's Get It Started by Black Eyed Peas. Great. And the uh, song that Mary tries to plink out on the piano is uh, Criminal by Fiona Apple. Yeah. But it's all, it was all with harpsichord, which was a really cool choice. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The yeah. music is modern, but the instruments are historical yeah, I lo- yeah. I, you know what i really loved about the black eyed peas choice is it's it's a lot like the the genie simpson wishbone choreography because people mm-hmm. just go let's get it started bow let's get it started <laughs> step backwards let's get it started bow, bow. let's get it started <laughs> step back let's get it started C- come on come on come on, come on. yep um <laughs> yeah is, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then Mrs. Bennett does that cover of Fergalicious. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Let me correct you. It's not Fergalicious. It's my humps. Oh, of course. Duh. Ugh, what a fool I. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's a really good one. What about, um, <laughs> ooh, our other visitor to town, Mr. Collins. Who's our Mr. Collins? Oh, yeah. Mr. Collins comes blowing in, trying to pick out his wife, and then he ends up with Scarlett Johansson. So we know who this is. It's not Colin actually Jost. Colin Jost. It's not actually Colin Jost, even though that's a hilarious joke. That is. <laughs> you know what? There's worse casting. It, it's actually Jonah Hill. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and he um, he proposes, and it's incredibly awkward, as you might guess. And there's a yeah. lot of that, like, Wah! Jonah Hill energy. And then he gets nominated for an Oscar, of course. So that's Duh. all really important. But the yeah. scene where Mrs. Bennett asks Mr. Bennett to tell Lizzie to pull her head out of her ass and marry Jonah Hill, that's another really famous scene from this movie. But I mm-hmm. don't remember where it takes place. I know it's different from in the book. I know it's not in his library, but I can't remember where it happens. Julie, do you remember where it happens? So Lizzie slash Kira has just stomped on the heart of Jonah slash Mr. Collins and Mrs. Bennett slash 
we're going to sell this house today is really <laughs> pissed. And she grabs Lizzie and drags her out into the garden. And <laughs> J.K. Simmons, a.k.a. Dad, a.k.a. Above It All, <laughs> is uh, on a tire swing. Just Which spinning. Was, yeah. Just spinning in a circle because yeah. his life is like, he's got to get out of that house, but he can't be seen to run away. And so he just spends a lot of time on the tire swing, just spinning one way and then letting himself unspin slowly. Yeah. So does it sound sort of like this? God, I hope this works. Lizzie, your mother will never marry you again. If you or talk to you again, if you marry Mr. Collins. <laughs> and I will never speak to you again if you do. Yes, it sounds exactly like that. Great. Yeah. Which and he never really looks at anyone. Yeah. Ever. And this was a this was a really strong choice because tires were I mean, there's a reason why uh they didn't have a lot of money. He spent it on that tire swing. <laughs> yeah. It was very important to him to have that space to himself. It's yeah. more like a a wheel swing. Yeah, let's call it a wheel swing. Like a carriage wheel, but then he put a little poof in the middle of it for him to sit on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a bird cage. Yes. Yes, without the cage. It's a, it's symbolic because he thinks he's trapped, but he's not. It's he a never prison was. of his own making in yes. his mind. Uh-huh. There was some it was a very deep uh artistic choice. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm told J.K. Simmons had a part of, you know, asking for that as well. Yeah. Uh, he was a part of that process. Deep understanding of Mr. Bennett's interior life. Yeah, there's a reason yes. he won, you know, Oscars later in his life. Come on, yes. this guy's yes. a good artist. He's He knows what he's doing, and the man yeah. knows his business. Yeah. All right, so... Um, you know, the things that we all know happen, they happen. Um, I, Jane has a really beautiful, her performance is so beautiful when she finds out that Bingley has left. Um, is there anything about that performance that you remember specifically, Julie, that Alicia Silverstone performance that really resonated with you? Yeah, it was the one tear moment. Okay. It was what I call the Demi Moore moment when she read the letter and looked up and it was, you could see all the liquid balancing on her lower lids, and then one fat, juicy tear just ran down her left cheek. It's good. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like that moment in Clueless when the fountain springs up behind her, <laughs> uh, but in reverse. Yes. One tear as opposed to a whole fountain. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. um, so once Jane is done crying, boo-hoo-hoo, Jane. Get um, over it, Jane. Uh, sh there's a little dust up, a little altercation with Lydia, um, because there's a slightly different vibe to Lydia in this adaptation than there are in others. Um, what's the, what's the deal with Lydia here? What's her vibe? I can't really remember. Her vibe in this one is that she's literally a child. Like she is a girl and there is no question as to whether or not she would be old enough to be married. Like none, zero, even in the time, even in the style of the day, she is like 11 or 12, and it's weird. So it's, a, it's an Amy March situation. Yes, and gross. And I think that Joe Wright was trying to make a point. He's very political. He's a very mm. political filmmaker. Mm. Great. <laughs> um, so once Lizzie decides she's going to go visit Scarlett, um, who with her bee-stung lips and her husky voice is just wasting away in the parsonage. Loving life, though. Loving her life. Just She's waiting for him to, to trip be. into the pond and drown. Mm -hmm. um, Lizzie, goes, <laughs> Lizzie goes to visit her. Uh, and, and what's that? What's that journey like? 
Uh, <gasps> Hi, Chespie. It's a long, long carriage ride, right? It's like two days. What it, She says it to Lady Catherine at some point. Is it two or three days to get between it's Longbourn? Hike. Yeah, it's a long time. Um, I'm going to say uh, it was an unpleasant journey because back then any kind of travel, frankly, would have been unpleasant. So a really jostly carriage ride. Maybe she ate some oysters that weren't real good somewhere where she stopped at some inn. She's got the runs. She's dehydrated. It's fucking terrible. And this she's is why a- I hate it when people are so mean to Karen Knightley because you don't know yeah. how she suffers for her art. She ate those oysters in reality. Oh, God, the dedication. You know, some people, their method, and it's just like, here, let me give you a used condom because I'm an asshole. But for some people, they're just like, if you'll excuse me, I'm suffering from my art. I need to go take a monster of a shit right now. Mm -hmm. My my butt needs to puke. I could be in there for like three days. Sorry to slow filming down. Yeah. Sorry, but this is really important. I hope you got that take because we're only doing one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So she gets there. Um, First of all, now we meet another formidable character. Who plays Lady Catherine in this movie? Uh, Mid-2000s. Very clearly. B. Arthur. (laughs) She's she's definitely dead. When did B. Arthur die? Maybe I'm wrong. When did she B. Arthur die? She didn't die until like 2009. B. Arthur death. B. Arthur died. Uh, yes, 2009. You are correct. Yeah, oh, I know. This was. I mean, this. Uh, yeah. You this know was what? One of her. Li- How dare I come for Julia and Golden Girls Network? She died. She died the same year that Michael Jackson died, and the only reason why I have it burned in my head was because of our camping trip that year. So. Um. Well, and this was her lot. one of her last like major performances, you know, like and major yes. it was. So many takes mm-hmm. to the camera, nobody knew that Lady Catherine could really bring like almost a strange vaudeville vibe yeah. to yeah. the proceedings. It's uh, it's one of my favorite performances. My favorite line reading of hers is when she's talking to Lizzie about how she shares her opinion very forthrightly for uh, someone. Uh, so young, pray tell what is your age. Can you give us that line reading, Julie? Because mm-hmm. I like I feel like your B. Arthur impression is better than mine. <laughs> well, that's very charitable of you because I don't actually have one. But I have been watching a lot of Golden Girls recently, so let's see what I can do here. <laughs> recently, she says, as though it's not a mainstay in the Starbird household. Neil and I started <laughs> over again at the beginning. Um, okay, so actually this won't, really be B. Arthur. This will be B. Arthur through Dorothy's Bornack because that's really all I can do. So let's see. You speak your mind forthrightly for someone so young. Pray tell, what is your age? <laughs> With a little eyebrow, a little mm-hmm. eyebrow action. And then this to the camera. It's an eyebrow <laughs> But it was, it was a good a, luck. You knew what I meant. Everybody look, felt it. I hope it everybody a look felt away, it. Look back, yeah. look up. God damn it, I did it again. Yep. Hold and, on. Uh, and a scrunchy eyebrow. <laughs> it, which is Dorothy's born act in go. a nutshell. Um, great, 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 great. So mm-hmm. the most famous scene of her... Oh, did you want to cast Colonel Fitzwilliam, or do we want to say fuck Colonel Fitzwilliam? As fuck him. Does? I don't great. give a shit about him. He's trash anyway. Right. He's played by Flo from the insurance commercials. Um <laughs> Glad she's making more money. Yeah. Uh, she's set for life. Good for her. Has been for a long time. 
uh, I, we were talking about her the other day. Tom, who were we talking <laughs> with? Oh, God, I pulled my this fucking cord out again. And watching who were we talking about that We way? need to get her a set yeah, that doesn't I know, do right? it. Flo from Progressive. We were talking with each other. Huh? It was just us. No, there was somebody else. No, it was just us. It was just us. Pandemic life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we anyway we looked it up and Tom was like I bet she was a groundling and I was like I'll check her Wikipedia yeah she was a groundling she was uh, I remember when I was living in LA I went to an improv performance which she showed up at and she was this was like three years into her commercial gig and it was a very big deal that Flo was there because she was like alumni and she made it she had this gig and now we're 13 years later I'm proud of her man she She did it and she she's in it. the and she's in the Mad Men pilot. Yep. Come on. Yep. That is that's two that big is a things. Filmography. Yeah. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so after uh, Kira is done strolling through the countryside, learning some difficult truths from Flo from Progressive, mm-hmm. um, she uh, she goes back to the parsonage and the most famous scene one of the two most famous scenes in this movie happens and it is obviously the the bad proposal the pronosal the no prosal no prosal no prosal no the proposal the proposal the faux the refusal cuz you're refusing the proposal no, it's a faux proposal because he's not really actually proposing. He's just mm. negging her. The oh hell nozzle. Oh. Ah, yes, girl. Man. That's the one. So the That's oh hell nozzle happens. This is a scene that's burned on the inside of my brain, but I want to know how you remember, Julie. Talk to me about this proposal scene. They're outside and it's piss pouring rain. That's it. That's it. Okay. All right. They're under a big tree. It's kind of got some Wuthering Heights vibes. Like, they definitely are feral children that grew up together and like to fuck each other, but also hate each other. Like, that's what it feels like. Like they're feral children? Like Wuthering Heights. Oh, like Wuthering Heights, of yeah. course. Like, it feels like they were raised together and fucked all the time, and then realized that they truly kind of hate each other, but still need each other. Yeah, like it's, it's like that. It's that vibe. Of, there's a lot of that energy, a lot of like Bronte energy, right? Up in this gig, yes. Um, which is why they it's out on the moors, baby. <laughs> it's why they keep Mariah Lucas locked in the attic. Yes. Let's mix up our Bronte sisters. Fucking, there's a bitch in the attic. Yeah, she's setting fire to shit. And then we got these feral children running around out here fucking each other from the time they're twelve, but they really kind of hate each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this Pride and Prejudice is uh, very Bronte-fied. Yes. And mm-hmm. really, the thing that we learn at the end of it, this I know that this is not written by a Bronte sister, but you can't take this joke away from me, is that we <laughs> learn that the monster is really Lizzie Bennet. Oh. Right? She's the Pride and the Prejudice, and, and the monster. her creation is, is not a monster. It's it's the it's the mad scientist. This is a Frankenstein reference. It's the oh, mad yes. scientist. That is the. Mm, I'm done. Um. So, <laughs> great raining. That's a that's a. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe you're remembering this scene incorrectly, yeah. Julie. There was um there was mud everywhere. Yeah. And they were like slipping and sliding. I don't know. <laughs> Did I, you read that was... thing? Did you read that thing about the slip and slide reality show getting shut down because of a diarrhea outbreak? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. 
No. No. That's not the onion. That re- that's really, well, that really yeah. happened. And we, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of what the oh hell nozzle scene looks like. It's shit. like slip and slide plus yeah. diarrhea. It <laughs> overall Great. just felt very wet and dirty. Yeah, yeah, and gross. And gross. Cool. Cool. Cool, guys. All right. Um, so Lizzie GTFOs. Deuces. I <laughs> get it. <laughs> This is a very um, fecal adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. It was the aughts, man. That was a weird time. It was. It's like like I say, the great movie making of the 2019-60s is uh, is defined by its commitment to Alicia Silverstone and fecal matter. Yes. Um, Great. Okay, so uh, Lizzie, she goes back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's only got one thing to look forward to, and it's her trip to the lakes, which is, it's a lovely little tour. Tell me some of the things about her trip to the lakes with her dear aunt and uncle Gardner. And maybe, maybe, maybe you could remember who it is that plays her aunt Gardner specifically, because I know it's a cast member from Downton Abbey, but I can't remember which one. I will say that her aunt is played by Maggie Smith and her, uh, the woman's husband, uh, uncle, is played by let's let's rob another P and P, Hugh Laurie. Mm-hmm. Great, <laughs> it was a May December romance, but they really got it yeah. on for many years. So uh, they, it's a true love match, and that's why Lizzie likes to spend time with them because they are smart, funny, really in love, respect each other as a couple. Hugh Laurie and Dame Maggie Smith. Great. So they're going to go to the lakes. Great. Guess what happens? Tornado. Lakes are fucked. They can't go to the lake. And instead, they end up going to Derbyshire. Derbyshire? Guess what's in Derbyshire? Pemberley! Pemberley! All right. So this is arguably the most famous of the cinema Pemberleys, which may come as a shock because obviously the Amy BBPPC nemesis is a very famous That's my my Pemberley. But this one, also very famous. Can you Mm -hmm. tell me any of its defining features? Flying buttresses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many. Lots of those. Uh, Stained glass windows. Immaculate grounds. Mm -hmm. At least three ponds. An orchard. Mm -hmm. uh, A paddock for beautiful horse flesh. uh, And a really nice carriage house. Uh... Where Darcy likes to go sleep sometimes because he likes to get out of the big manor every once in a while, just let loose. Yeah, by by allowing himself to have facial expressions. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So that's he's. Really but he can he can only do that yeah. in the carriage house. Get yeah. wild. Near just all wild. those. <laughs> so in his all wild those, uh, horse troughs where there's a reflection where you can work on it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the other most famous moment in this movie outside of the first, pro- the Oh Hell Nozzle, um, is also in this little visit to Pemberley. Do you happen to remember what that moment is? Um, I'm sure it's the hand flex. This is something I should have said earlier. I'm aware that Matthew McFadden has some kind of weird hand flex thing where it's like, I wish I could possess you, but I can't. Like, I get it. Uh, so I'm going to say the hand flex, and I'm going to say it's because somebody tried to walk into his carriage house, and he is not about it. So but he then goes, he has to release. Stop from coming into my carriage house with his hand flex. This is my private space. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hand flakes. It was, a, it was a lot of like talk to the hand stuff, you know? It was very. Yes. Right in Lizzie's face. Yeah. How rude. And it kind of felt out of the period. I well, think. but uh, I think part of the challenges of such a modern contemporary take on a PP, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think part of it too was as, as a tribute to Alicia Silverstone. True. You know? uh, yeah. um, yes. Like it definitely they wanted they wanted some of that nineties mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like when Jane gets dressed every morning, she calls uh her lady's maid slash maid of all work because the Bennetts aren't rich. She comes hustling in and then pulls out her um her like big metal stick thingy and opens a door and there's a rotating closet and Jane <laughs> flips through a notepad to find which element of her like which fichu and which um, chef and and which all of those things she wants and then they play like a really catchy song underneath uh, David mm-hmm. Bowie song and and then she gets dressed in the in the like fashion yeah yep. It's lots of Alicia Silverstone Easter eggs. Janine doesn't know what that is, and that's awesome. Uh, I got the reference to that that scene in. Uh, uh, You've never Clueless? seen it, have you? Oh, you've never read it. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Patty, uh, uh, Emma, you've seen yeah Emma. You've I've seen, seen Clueless. Clueless. I haven't read Emma. Like I've, okay. I got a little. I got a first chapter in, and then I put it down, and then came back, and I was like, oh fuck, I'm confused. I forgot what happened. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why I need this experience yeah. together with you guys. You guys help with the. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be good. Um, okay, great. Uh, so, so the next sort of like big event um, is is Lydia running off with with Wickham, Florence Pugh as an eleven year old, mm-hmm. with like Sam Rockwell as a like thirty two year old. It's gonna be like that. Yeah. So how does that change the dynamic of the movie? Well, it really like bumps up the reality of what that situation was and what Wickham is. Mm. And Sam Rockwell's really good at that like psychopath part. So he's uh, he's a predator and very creepy. I can't remember. Did he win an Oscar for being an asshole in this movie too? I can't remember. He's won at least one Oscar for being an asshole and probably should have won an Emmy if he didn't for being an asshole in Fosse Burton. Yeah, he was a really good asshole in Fosse. He's like excellent asshole. Yeah, although really, that's the Michelle Williams show. Oh, duh. Um, if, please, I, if I could give her an Oscar for a television performance, I would have. I would give her a Tony Award for yes! just oh, yes, just yes. the gesture that's where appropriate. she wipes her face oh. and her. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. God, that show was so depressing. Yes, but good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, great. So it's very serious. Um, yes. Extremely serious. It's a, it's a crime. Yeah. Like this this time we cannot shy away from the fact that this is actually a crime. Does that affect the plot at all in the last act of the movie? I can't remember if there are any sort of adaptation changes. No, it, it shakes out the same. It's just more of a... Uh, understanding and like highlighting of the fact of how shitty this is. Okay. All right. And one more question. Um, is Wickham secretly the leader of a band of uh, undead zombies? Sam Rockwell, not putting it past him. Okay. We don't actually, excuse me. We don't actually see that, but there's something behind those eyes. It's a little shifty. You just, you just never know. Okay. Like, great. There's a lot of like closing of doors when he comes into a room. He's like, don't go in there, please. By the way. (laughs) 
a lot of that. Yes. Vibe. And flies kind follow of him follow him around yeah. like Pigpen. So yeah. maybe. All right. So then blah, blah, blah. Poor Lydia. Blah, blah, blah. Jane and Bingley. Blah, 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 blah. Then we get Lady Catherine again. Yeah. Talk to me about that scene because there's a very specific energy to this scene that's un- very distinctive from BBC PPAE Nemesis. This time it takes place over full tea service and it's beautiful and there's porcelain and tea and little cakes and cute and cute everywhere. And it's them trying to best each other without direct confrontation. It's a little bit more traditional like ladies at tea shading each other mm. uh and it's a delight great um there's one more thing that i feel like it would be remiss if we did not touch on it which mm. is that this is thought of often as being the sexy pride and prejudice not <laughs> least of which because when we see lizzie and darcy happily ensconced at pemberley with all of its buttresses and its many ponds and its carriage house um Mm -hmm. it famously shows them enjoying their property in a in an unexpected way so where is this where they're fucking each other up against the window when he's looking out over all he surveys (laughs) i mean we've talked about this before that's gonna be my guess it's gonna be a literal up against a window somewhere there's a servant at the end of the hall that has to do a full turnaround so they've got their back to them but it's skirts up dick in looking out the window this is my pemberley but hold on hold on julie is it his pemberley or is it their pemberley which way is she facing i don't remember i think they do a switch around right because they respect each other are you saying that she, she there's pegging in this movie? <laughs> no, 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 not like that. Well, you know what? Yeah. Like, yes. This is a very progressive movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, the there second, is. It's the second hand flicks is like, whoa. <laughs> yes, there is. And she just flips him around, pushes his face into the window so that they both can look out over there, Pemberley, and then she just rises his ass. And you hear his face going, squirt, squirt, squirt. Yes, because guess what? It's humid, kind of cold, and rainy out oh. there on the moors. It really is. It really mm-hmm. is. And they're feral children. Yes. Doing what they do. Yep. Great, 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 wow. great, great. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know what? I, I have to say this. So coming into this, I was like, I know the fucking plot of Pride and Prejudice. It's clear. Like, <laughs> how am I going to do this? So I think this was better just asking the direct questions. Like, this was helpful. <laughs> uh, I know this is not how it goes, everybody. It's very clear, please. <laughs> I think people get that, people get that, it's, that it's a joke. Yeah. But I am curious if now we've reached the, oh, wait, wait, wait. What's the needle? What's the closing needle drop? What's the very last song that plays? Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. Because he gets, he had to get worked in. He had to get a song in there in order to. He was a stunt cast. So like they had to like add that in just a little bit. So it's at their wedding. It's at their joint wedding. And Justin Timberlake is dressed like a Hummel figurine that he truly is from top to bottom in like white and light dove gray. He's got a top hat, which is incorrect for the time, but whatever. Uh, he can dance. I'll never forgive him for what he did to Brittany. And he, and he looks at Caroline and points at her sitting in the chapel and goes, you don't have to say what uh, you did. I already uh, know. I found out from him. And then points at Darcy. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, good. Yes. Well, I think this went really well. Um, uh, end of movie. So, 
I'm very curious about um, some of the choices you made casting wise because obviously you were joking and none of them are correct, but some of them are closer to correct than you might think. Well, like JK Simmons has a very Mr. Bennett energy. Like that was just one that naturally came to me. And Annette Benning also weirdly has a Mrs. Bennett energy. So those, those were easy. It was much harder when I was having to parse out women in their like Mm twenties from the night, from the two thousands. Cause I don't, I wasn't really watching a lot of movies. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I kind of just went based on energy or if it would be weird. <laughs> Being Garofalo in that. Well, it was good. It was good casting, um, some of it. Uh, depending on what year this took place, Florence Pugh might have not been born. Ah! Um, she's very young. Yeah, she could have been born in, like, the year 2000. Alexa, how old was Florence Pugh in 2005? She was nine. I'm not that far away, man. I said 11 or 12. <laughs> so okay. here's what I, here's the thing I would like to do. I want you to remain mostly unspoiled because I want the joy of watching you see who is in this cast. But mm-hmm. I also want to spoil at least one for you. And there are, okay. I'm, there are options. Do um, I get to pick which one is spoiled? Yes, but I'm going to narrow okay. from several. Okay. So... Mr. or Mrs. Bennett, Jane or Kitty, or let's do those. Let's do those. Pick one of those four. Well, Either of the Bennett parents or Jane or Kitty. I know that you've spoken about the casting of Kitty in this one before, but because Kitty is kind of a... I feel like maybe that one should be a surprise. I'm rescinding yeah, it. Yeah, that, that one doesn't, like, I don't... Frankly, I just don't care. It'll be exciting to see a fun person playing Kitty, but knowing the plot, like, she's not around a lot. Mm -hmm. So I will say, tell me who Mrs. Bennett is. Brenda Bleffin. Oh, perfect. Yes, that's great. It's good, isn't it? She's very good. I bet she's hilarious. She is extremely funny. Um, I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that you didn't, based on when you were thinking this was taking place, that you didn't get the person who plays Lady Catherine, um, which is the other one that I feel like might be worth spoiling. Who is it? Well, I want you to try to guess one more time legitimately. Think 2005, mm-hmm. which you were uh, living in Portland then? Yes, about to move to Chicago. Okay. Um, so... You know, early 2000s, Lady Catherine de Bourgh. So a couple of scenes, but like movie dominating scenes. Who do you think would be playing her? Man, I don't know. It's Judy Dench, Julie. Yeah. Get it together. Oh. Well, you know what? Maggie Smith thanks me. Yeah. No, you said Maggie Smith was Aunt Gardner. Oh, that's yeah, right. Sorry. Who did you Arthur. say was playing Lady Catherine? Oh, right. Arthur, Arthur. That's right. The <laughs> Arthur is pretty good, though. It is. I mean, that would be very funny. <laughs> All right. Dame Judy Dench. I bet she's amazing. She's very good. Um, Clever little Judy Dench. Clever. Chubby little Judy Dench. Do you guys remember that? When, uh, what's his name? Come on, Gandalf. Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen was on Saturday Night Live and he dressed up as Maggie Smith. <laughs> on um yes on weekend update and it was all about maggie smith talking trash about judy dench and it was amazing i didn't see that i'll have to look that up. i'll send you a link 
Um, I just, I'm still a little bit stuck on the idea of Colin Jost, just, just, just Colin, what's his face? Play, playing Mr. Collins. Oh, it would because, be terrible. Because ScarJo is Charlotte. That's very funny to me. But Jonah Jonah Hill would be better at the physical he's, comedy, so that's why I, I think he's a good choice else. too. I think he would be, he would be a good like Collins. Actually, right after I said his name, I thought actually you know who would be better at Mr. Collins it would be yeah. Michael Sarah. <laughs> but I stuck I stuck with yeah. the Jonah. They Hill. they they <laughs> yeah. their energy is obviously the same. Like they do have like ish ish. No, Michael Sarah has that weird like awkward. Thing, which could be yeah. really funny and like all the the social mores that mr collins always misses like he doesn't it goes right over his head that that part yeah. would be funny the thing i love about michael sarah um and i'm look, michael sarah another talented person who gets hate for absolutely no reason <laughs> no, um, reason. no reason at all he's very funny um as I think michael sarah has like two primary modes and they are somehow the same and fundamentally opposed and one is i'm michael Sarah, and you love and want to protect me the george michael bluth mode yes and the other is i'm michael Sarah, and i'm michael Sarah and weird and awkward and a huge piece of shit which mm -hmm. is the, um, the scott pilgrim version yeah the end of the world um or the world set no it's the end of the world the the whatever the apocalypse movie um, yeah uh and i think they're both they're both good versions Mm -hmm. Scott Pilgrim rules. That's I, a good movie. That's such a fun film. Mm. You know who's good in that? Brandon Ruth, my beloved he Brandon was quite Ruth. Good. I love him yeah. so much. Whatever. Julie doesn't watch Legends of Tomorrow. She doesn't understand that we're in the Ruthessance. No, but we're in the Ruthessance. Cool. <coughs> he's he's the very best. Um, great. What I want to know before we read our patrons, last question, Janine. Yeah. What do you, if you were going to say like one thing that you remember about this movie, actually remember, that isn't the rain or the hand flex, because those are the obvious ones. What is a thing that, that you I, remember? Is there a costume? Is there a moment? Is there a scene? Is I'm there a fairly voice? certain this is the movie that I fell in love with Kira Knightley on. Fair, mm, I'm fair, fairly nice. certain. Nice. Not Pirates of the Caribbean, because she fucking killed She's it. She's fun in that <laughs> film, but. She but is. Like, no, this was, yeah. this was the one where I was like, oh. Hello. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. This is where we would do a smash cut to somewhere in London, some expensive apartment building, and there's a knock on a door, and Kieran Knightley opens it, and oh, Aaron's Jesus. holding a sign that says, "Say it's Carol Singers," and then Kieran Knightley gets out her cell phone. Calls the police. And calls nine 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 nine. Deep cut oh. London joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good. Great. Well, hey. That's a great way for us to kick off our 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 Kira yeah. series. Our Let's get it our done. Our Kiris, of the no. We're just gonna stick with oh hell knows old. <laughs> oh hell knows old. That's the uh, linguistic here, innovation of the day. Here is a here's an actual question. Yeah. Are we doing a crowdcast to watch it, or are we watching it on our own? I'm fine either way. I just want to know. I think. Uh, Mm, it's hard to do the crowdcast with the movies it's, because they're long. They're too long. Yeah. They're too long. But mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we'll do like Act One on crowdcast. Regardless, okay. I think we should watch together because I think we're funnier when we watch yeah. together. Okay. But that will you'll check the internet 
um, whatever. This will have already happened by the time you're hearing this episode. So, yes, for sure. So never mind. Uh, sorry you missed it, but you can go watch the replay on crowdcast.io. Fucking <laughs> time travel. It's weird, y'all. You know what's funny is I re-listened when we were working on the application thingy, uh, I was and I was re-listening to the episode. We were telling jokes about time travel then. Yeah. That was a man in a right bear then. suit. Guess what you just did just then? You told another joke about time travel now. I know. Yikes. It was just then. I feel like I want to restate one thing, though, just because it's been a while since we've all remembered this. I want you to remember that Outlander thought, you know what's too ridiculous? Jamie fighting an actual bear. So instead, <laughs> let's have him fight a man in a bear suit and make it all about rape. Instead of, you know, the time travel that in comes from touching a rock. Instead of Claire taking a large fish and, and hitting the bear. bear on the nose with the fish, they decided to they decided to go this other way. Those yeah. bite those bites are those are human bites. Oh God! See, I'd forgotten it completely. Well, I'm glad I reminded Speaking you. Speaking of time travel, so that's gonna do it for us for this week. Uh, we're gonna come back next week to talk about our Kara series um, here on Sick Burn Jane. I almost forgot. We want to thank all of our patrons, but especially... No, God damn it, I skipped all the things. So you can find us on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash podlendercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlendercast or at sickburnjane. You can find us on Instagram at podlendercast or at sickburnjane. Uh, you can find us on the internet and other places too. And you can find us at Patreon at patreon.com slash podlendercast where you can support the show's plural um you can join the slack you can listen to bonus episodes you can visit janine's corner all of these really wonderful things we want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do the show but we especially want to thank the following wonderful folks and it's a little different this week <clears throat> just brie mallory smith catspaw 156 maddie perkins snazinac lisa brand julia gulia kathleen martini lauren Tennant, kelsey kemp madison johnson emily day betsy english caitlin reddick ashley tegas and kristen freckled fury laura colm amelia bazell Liz and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Claire Feeney, Kayla Reagan, Rochelle Lefevre, Heather Robbins, Jerry Hurdle, Emily Carlson, Amy Gusterson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazzella, Sean Telsall. Oh, God, I breathe too hard. Kelly Mazzella, Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Pukowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Dr. J, Jen Leonard Drunklin, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki. Thank you so much for making it possible for us to do these shows. Plurals. Plurals. Um, we uh, are extremely grateful um, because where else would you get to hear Julie talking about um, Matthew McFadden and Kira Knightley fucking it out <laughs> against a window and serving all that they own? All, all the light touches. Yep. Um, with uh, <laughs> and all the strap-on touches. <laughs> that's mine. Yeah, and you know what? I can't think of a better way to end. So uh, <laughs> bye, bye. bye.